Man, Kyrie Irving has a chance to play home games, PG's season is in doubt, and John Morant is someone that yells at your kids. I'm Rosa Panda. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Feeling good. Feeling great. How are you? I'm feeling good, man. John, how you living? What up, what up? Living great. Sammy, how are you, my friend? Cannot complain, my friend. I cannot complain. Well, for my first piece of news here, Portland Trailblazer star Damian Lillard underwent successful abdominal surgery this morning in Philadelphia. Um, basically, the team is going to reevaluate Lillard in about six weeks with his potential to return on the court. What do you guys think of this news? I don't know, man. I love Dame. I want him to succeed. I like him a lot. The Blazers' progress this season has been really, really concerning. Where even before the surgery, everyone was talking about trading Dame. Everyone was thinking about tanking. So if he really did get this abdominal surgery where there is a question mark of his return, do you just swallow up your pride and go for the draft pick? And if you go for that draft pick, do you draft for the future or do you trade for talent to surround Dame? So those are the obvious yeah, questions that question. I want to ask all of you surrounding this injury with their superstar. I think reevaluate Dame means reevaluate if they're the 13th seed out west and if there's any point to him coming back. That's Great. what I think reevaluate means. So. I was on the board with trading it before when we talked when we broke down Portland. So I think the window might be shut on that this year for you know like Philly for example. They're not gonna they're not gonna make that deal now if if he's not available this year. But if that becomes a possibility, then all of a sudden maybe his rehab accelerates. Who knows? So I if he stays in Portland, I shut him down. If they're still realistically looking at trading, then they you know release good reports that he's progressing well. I've always said that I think the Blazers should keep on to Dame and try to win and surround him with another star. And I'm going to stand by that. I don't think they should trade him regardless of the injury or not. And I think one thing to consider is even if they tank the Blazers and they lose out, their actual draft pick would defer to the Bulls if it's in the top 14, which by all means it looks like it's going to be in the top 14. True. Based on the record and the trajectory for the remainder of the season. So that's they're not gonna really get any value from tanking, but at the end of at the end of the day, I don't see what kind of fair value they could get for Dame. So I would just I would sit him out. I don't think that he should play, come back. Abdominal injuries are, are pretty serious, and I would rest him for, until next season and try to figure it out then. Yeah, I'm gonna completely agree. Uh, I also think that reevaluate also stands for Lillard's side, not just the Blazers' side. If you remember, if you guys were listening, we were doing New Year's resolutions, and JJ had the topic of Dame Lillard and said he needed to eat, pray, love get healthy, get some rest, figure out what he wants. He has a chance to do it right now. He has that chance, and I want you guys to kind of pull out your crystal balls here. And kind of predict, is Dame shut down for the season, yes or no, JJ? I'm going to say yes. He's going to pray, eat, and hopefully do a lot of loving. (laughs) Work on number two. Savvy, what you think? I agree. I think he's going to love Philadelphia or somewhere else. 
<laughs> John, what you think? Yes, he's gonna sit out for the remainder of the year. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the same thing. He should sit out for the remainder of the year. He just has not looked like logo Lillard, and we want him back because, as JJ says, we love Dame. For our next topic, Paul George. His season is in doubt. We don't know if it's going to come back. What do you guys think about this news? It was kind of shocking, right? Sammy, let's kick it to you first. Well, our resident clipper. Well, karma for me because I've been talking about shipping out Dame. He comes back with PG, who was having a great year, all things considered. And I do remember when this injury came up, when they were talking about three to four weeks of rehab for a UCL. That's that's the Tommy John injury that pitchers suffer in baseball. It usually keeps them out four to six months. So right when they said that, I thought it was a little bit of a reach. And so I'm not totally surprised by this news. If they don't feel like he can get back full strength, then it doesn't make sense for Kawhi to come back. I know a different report came out saying Kawhi was ahead of his rehab, but I would support it. I mean, in the same logic that Portland doesn't have a protected pick, their pick this year, if it's in the top 14, the Clippers just don't have their pick period. OKC owns it, ironically, from the Paul George trade. But it seems like what they're talking about is they're happy with some of their kids, uh, Terrence Mann, Brandon Boston, Keon Johnson and Amir Coffey, among other players, and they might want to trade Morris and a couple of the vets, open up some room, see what they've got in those kids. That's the uh, what they're calling the Warriors model of semi-tanking minus the pick. And if if PG's not going to come back full strength and you're not going to get into the sixth seed or so, then I'm fully on board with it. So I, I think he used this almost as like a gap year. Let Kawhi rest up, let PG fully recover. Clear some cap space, gather some assets, gather some assets otherwise, and come out blazing next year. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think that the Clippers have some young talent that they should just continue to play and develop, and kind of follow the model of what the Grizzlies, well, the Grizzlies did based off John Morant's injury, but not having two of your stars on a team can help you develop as a player, help you learn how to play without them. And it'll be better in the long term for the team as a whole when when Kawhi and Paul George come back. So, yeah, I I think because of the injury, because of the type of injury, Paul George should sit out the rest of the season. And if even if Kawhi comes back, it's probably going to be too late for him to get into that game shape, into the the shape that you need to actually make a serious run. Yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting that last week Chris Haynes reported that Kawhi Leonard was in within reach of coming back and now with this Paul George news hitting the news waves I think the Clippers are just forced to reanalyze their goals for this year and really do the quote-unquote worst model which is what Sammy said let their youth develop while playing this year play for that draft pick and hopefully all their all their stars will come back. Um, with that being said, is there anyone that the Clippers could get at the buyout market? Because I do believe that the Clippers, even without their superstars, they could pull some upsets, which we've seen this week, right, Sammy? Oh, in terms of just general upsets in games, yeah. And they, they actually came back. They were down 30, or excuse me, 25 against Denver just a couple nights ago. They scored 28 points in the first half, came back, rallied, and won. And then we saw another big, completely different upset tonight. OKC beat Brooklyn and Brooklyn tonight. So you never did know Marcus, in that regard. Did Marcus Morris push Jokic 
or shoulder check him. I didn't see the game. He got a technical <laughs> foul, but I don't remember against two. I don't think it was Jokic, though, ironically. Speaking of Marcus Morris, he's one of those guys I think gets traded if PG does get shut down, but he gets traded every three years for a first-round pick anyway. But tangent. Right. JJ, that, that was a great point. The, the Clippers are super-duper feisty, even without their superstars. Now, I'm going to ask you if... So Kawhi Leonard is probably thinking the same thing, right? That his teammates are pretty feisty, that they could make some noise potentially. Do you think that makes Kawhi Leonard feel like he should rush back and play with these boys? What? Or do you think the news of Absolute. PG, like he says, shut it down, like it's done? No, absolutely not. Kawhi is enjoying his time in LA, the sun, Maybe the ladies. I don't know. Maybe like eating Sundays <laughs> at uh, Palos Verdes, wherever he's at. Right. Um, he had a really good squad with the Spurs, and was as everyone reported, he right. was being kind of weird. He's been weird wherever he's been at. So I wouldn't see him coming back unless there was a real, real, real possibility of winning a championship. Shoot, he didn't even come back with Toronto and he just won the championship. Talk to him. I, I think on this scenario, I 100% think the front office, Ty Lue, PG and Kawhi are all communicating together and they're making this decision together. And I think part of that reason is because of what JJ just said about San Antonio. It seemed like they were trying to push him. He wasn't ready. Obviously, he's he doesn't want to come back till we know he's completely 100%. I think they're all making this decision together because the Clippers don't, frankly, want to do anything that he'll see as a slight. Because right. clearly hey, he's hey, very hey. specific. Hey, it, hey, that, that would hey, be the hey, exact hey. answer, right? Kawhi's um, too much of a fun guy to come back. So I, I think they all talk together and they make a decision yeah. together where my thought is he only comes back if they believe that PG can get back somehow this year. You know, I think you're absolutely right. You you both are right. I want to say that Kawhi Leonard is sort of like my fiance when I go shopping with her. Just impossible to rush. Ooh, absolutely impossible to rush. She doesn't she doesn't listen to this podcast anyway. No, I'm joking. She does. <laughs> she loves it. <laughs> Shout out to her. Anyway, the NFL playoffs are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit or $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. <laughs> for our next news, the Atlanta Hawks are trading Cam Reddish, Solomon Hill, and a 2025 second round draft pick to the New York Knicks in exchange for a protected first round pick from the Charlotte Hornets. And the Knicks will send Kevin Knox to Atlanta. What do you guys think of this trade? I actually really like this trade for the Knicks. I think Reddish was underutilized because there was a just an over influx of wings in Atlanta. 
I think he fits nicely with New York. Kevin Knox never quite panned out. He can play good D there. He'll fit in around Randall and around that squad. And the conspiracy theorist in me also wants to throw out a couple things for each side on this. There have been rumors that New York is trying to, let's say, accumulate the assets for a certain injured New Orleans Pelican who has not played this year on his bad foot. And what better way to bring him over than to get his two teammates from Duke and put them on the same squad. And now they have Ooh. Reddish and Barrett to potentially try to, to try to entice him. So that's one side of this. I like that. The other side of this from Atlanta is that uh, Shams came out and tweeted that John Collins is extremely unhappy in Atlanta. What? And Atlanta has now come up as a suitor for Ben Simmons. And what always helps attract superstars, first-round picks. So Philly might want a first-round pick more than they could use Cam Reddish, since Cam Reddish is kind of similar to Tybal. So the conspiracy theorist in me says one way or another, they're not done on the trades. So for this particular one, I like it for New York. If Atlanta parlays this into another trade for a star, then I like it for them a little bit more. Man, that's that's like a great that's a great theory. How do you like the Atlanta Hawks if they're able to get Ben Simmons? Well, if they're able to get Simmons for Collins and none of their other major pieces. So I guess you would define their major pieces. They're they're obviously not going to trade Capella or, or Trey Young. If you put Simmons in with them, with the shooting they have around them, if DeAndre Hunter comes back healthy, I actually think they're super intriguing because then they're very long defensively, but they also have some shooting. The one other thing I'd like to see is in addition to Young and Kevin Harder is one more shooter that you can probably get in the bio market. But then I could see them as, I wouldn't put them up in the top class of the East, but I think they could beat anybody at any time in that scenario. Yeah, that would make them super interesting. What do you... Um, that, can, can I jump in? Yeah. That would be hilarious if Ben Simmons goes to the Hawks because wasn't the Hawks the reason that they went fishing last summer? Yes. Wasn't it, wasn't it the reason that... <laughs> All a part of Atlanta's He got plan. nightmares of scoring in the middle right. of the key. That was Atlanta's yeah. 40 chess. Going all the way back yeah. to last year. Ben Simmons has nightmares from that game. I don't think he wants to relieve those relive those nightmares in person but that'd be hilarious yeah, yeah i think the winner of this go ahead go ahead John. i was gonna say it'll be it'll be interesting because ben simmons is a he's used to having the ball in his hands as a point forward and driving and kicking so he would kind of take the ball away from trey young but i i think if they learn to play together it could work but it's a matter trey young is such a he has the ball in his hands so much for the Hawks, and so he would kind of have to relinquish that responsibility a little bit to Ben Simmons. True. Um, I'm going to move us on to our next topic here. Uh, Kyrie Irving is going to be available at home games, potentially. Basically, Brooklyn has to be willing to pay a small fine, and it goes like this. For the first offense, it's a warning. Second offense, it's a 1K fine. Third offense, it's a 2K fine. Fourth offense, fifth, 5K fine. And basically, they're just 5K fines infinitely for every offense. What do you guys think of this news now? You guys have to be thinking the same thing that I'm thinking, right? What kind of fines are these? Bruh. What, like, <laughs> do we know how much these franchises and these players and these the NBA in itself... I mean, 
the franchise itself is worth so much money that the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, they're in New York. They're, I know their owner is obviously extremely wealthy. So I don't, I just, I don't know. I feel like they would just pay the fines and continue to have Kyrie Irving play. Am I? Well, you got to remember the fines are coming from the, they're coming from New York. They're not coming from the NBA. Right, right. So right, right. They're, they're designed for businesses that maybe don't have the assets there and in this scenario, Brooklyn would expose them. The Nets, when I say Brooklyn, the Nets would essentially expose the fact that they have the kind of money to easily pay them. So that's why they're so small. Yeah. Got it. It's Good really point. small. Like the 5K fine was the same dollar amount that Michael Jordan was fined for the Jordan 1s for the band shoes, the infamous Jordan shoe and. Sammy and John make a good point, you know, different times, or it's the city of New York, but Woj just tweeted, right, Jun? There was a loophole to this. What's the loophole to this? So he says, quote, to be clear on the hypothetical ability for a team to pay a fine for an unvaccinated player to play in a market that local ordinance forbid, NBA memo to organizations on September 1st say that teams must follow local laws and players who don't comply won't be able to play. Do you understand the words that so, are coming out of so, Go ahead, Sammy. So let's, so let's be clear down. on What do you this. think? If, if the Nets want him to play, if they really want to get into it with the NBA, then this could get into legal action. Like if they really wanted to, or they handle it privately, and somehow it comes out that Kyrie is all of a sudden allowed to play now. Um, so that part's interesting because the NBA is clearly trying to take a stand to say that it, they wouldn't allow it, but I think if the Nets pushed hard enough, somehow it would be allowed to slip. That's my thought on it. Yeah. Can I just ask, like, did the Nets not do their due diligence and find out that, hey, Kyrie could play, we just have to pay a fine. Why is this news just coming out mid-season? Holla, holla. This should have been realized a long time ago. Right? Am I tripping on this? No, it's a good point. And it's a great question. Yeah, I'm not sure what the answer to that is either. But, I mean, how much does Barclays make per game? More than $5,000. I'm sure it's more than $5,000. Yeah, I'm sure it's way more than $5,000. <laughs> it just seems like a no-brainer. One right? courtside seat probably covers that fine. Let's just be real about this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, and so, Sammy, Sammy, you made it. I mean, I didn't realize that it was the, the city, but it makes sense because this is not this was not intended for extremely rich franchises or corporations like the nba <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see what they do in terms of will they be able can they refine the laws and make it more relative or comparable or comparable and and fair to depending on how much people make but then it gets really sticky from that point yeah i'm, I'm gonna ask you guys again to predict the future here yes or no does Kyrie start playing in home games this season jj Ooh, I know that the NBA front office, they've been a huge advocate of getting vaccinated. They've had players that want to advocate this towards their fans. 
but I know at the end of the day too that it's all about money and a superstar player like Kyrie will bring in that money so I think the NBA is in they're vulnerable and I think they're just gonna give in and let Kyrie play because I think they're weak like that to players the league yeah so JJ's got a strong yes what you think Sammy I'm gonna say maybe this is more conspiracy theories for me call it what you want I'm gonna say conveniently he will not until the playoffs and then somehow in the playoffs they'll work it out partially because of exactly what JJ just said the NBA is huge on trying to advocate for vaccines more than 70% of the league is boosted it's a really bad PR message if they let him go out and play now and violate city or state law so I think I think there could be potentially like an under the table agreement between the league and the Nets of we'll look the other way come April and hopefully by then we're past the bulk of this anyway but not yet John what you think I think it depends on the narrative and what I mean by that is the media and the news and how things are trending because if it's not a lot of the talk about COVID right now is it's front center news. It's still being talked about, but if, you know, once winter passes and infections are probably going to go down because of the seasonality, I think there's a chance that he will be able to play because people aren't going to be as, they're not going to be as fixated on it. And it's all, to me, it's about the narrative. It's about how the media portrays it. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I'm, I'm going to predict that, they're going to find a way to get Kyrie Irving on the floor when all is said and done. But I guess we'll wait and see. I'm going to take us to our next segment, actually. It is called Dub or Dud, where you guys say whether a topic or a story is a dub, like for a win or a dud, kind of like a loss. So Devin Booker, he was complaining about the Raptors mascot. I'm sure you guys have heard about this. Jumping while he was shooting free throws. Basically yelling, he's jumping when I shoot. And there was no, there's no one else in the arena, by the way. It was just the mascot. (laughs) So, he was the only crowd person that was there. John, double dud. Okay, this may surprise some some of you. But, I'm going to go dub. I think he was in the right here because when there's only one figure or one person in the stands in a massive stadium or arena all of the attention goes on that one figure that one person right making movements it's not the same as if there's thousands and thousands of people all raising their hands because it's they all look it all looks the same so i'm gonna say dub and i think devin booker was in the right excuse me jj dub or dud Devin Booker wants to be like Kobe, and when you complain about missing your free throw because of a mascot, that is not Kobe. NBA players hear crazy stuff from fans. Crazy stuff. In fact, there's been college players where they've been catfish, and the fans will bring pictures of the catfish girl, print them huge, and have signs for the player while shooting free throws. What? If those dudes can make free throws, so could quote unquote 
Mini, Kobe, Devin Booker, huge L. Sammy, what you think? I'm in the middle, but I'm actually going to go dub on this too, only because I don't know if you guys saw the clip, but it not only looked like he was jumping when I shoot, as the quote goes from Booker, but he was almost like hiding. And then he popped up like right before the free throw, and he was the only one in the arena, so he was like this big red, big red blob <laughs> that just popped out of nowhere. Oh my god! I did see that. And just from the experience of playing pickup ball or anything like that, if you're just shooting at a hoop before and someone comes out and just like yells at you right when you're about to take a shot, when there's no one else around, like John was saying, I think that gets in your head more or is more distracting than an arena where everyone is making noise at once. I feel like you can drown that out. I see that JJ slightly disagrees with me on this, but... Come on, man. No excuses. <laughs> I'm with JJ on this one. It's those damn dinosaurs, man. Those damn dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, see, if Jurassic Park showed up when you were trying to shoot a free throw, then maybe you were thrown off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it's also a dud, and this is why. Devin Booker, he's a mascot. What do you think his job is? What do you expect him to do? To hype up a crowd that's to not there around. in the arena. <laughs> it doesn't matter, he's hyping up the TV. I'm saying that he is a mascot doing his job. He gets paid to jump around, to be annoying, to be funny, to do stuff like that. Devin Booker, your job is to make the free throw no matter what the hell is going on around you. So I think it is a total dud of him to call him out. But I will say it was a dub for the mascot to act the way that he did act when they were they were like, go sit in the corner. And he was just like, complete child. Just <laughs> crumpled up in the corner. Hilarious look. I'm going to move on to the next one. Ja Moran. He said it was, a, it was at a Warriors game. It was disrespectful for a kid to have a jersey on and basically ask for a high five. So he goes in. He lays it up. He's yelling at the crowd. The Golden State... I'm uh, sorry. The, the Memphis crowd. And there's kids wearing Steph Curry jerseys looking right at him asking for a high five. And he says that it's disrespectful of them to ask for that high five. What do you guys think of this? Oh, sorry. I'm going to call people out here. Dub or dud. JJ. Well, if it was any other team that John Morant played against, I would say dub. But the <laughs> fact that it was against the Warriors, it's a huge dud. You know if Draymond did that, he would get crucified. You know if Curry did that, he would be all over the news. Come on, man. These are kids, kids that you won them over at that one second. Now you made them cry and it's all your fault, <laughs> dud. John, what you think? Okay, <laughs> so I, I think it's pretty savage of John Morant to do that to a kid. It is savage. It's pretty savage. But to use the term disrespectful is a little, it's a little far-fetched. It's a little, you're, you're being a little dramatic, Ja. I mean, disrespectful? How can a, a kid's really disrespecting you? Come on. How much can they could, could he possibly be disrespectful to, towards you? So it's just because he was wearing a, a, a curry jersey. So to me, it's, I think it's kind of messed up because he's a kid, but disrespectful, no. So I'm going to go with dud. Ooh, okay. Another, Thank you, John. Another dud. Sammy. I think it's a, a hilarious dud if 
Ja followed up on that story like I saw and actually sent that kid a Ja Morant jersey. Then, <laughs> then we know that the kid is doing okay in life because he was hitting five rows behind the glass and he ended up with a personalized <laughs> Ja Morant jersey. Let's just, let's just recall that part too. This isn't a kid up in the nosebleeds. Let's just be honest about the situation here. This was a kid five rows, six rows up, got interaction with one of the best young point guards in the game, probably got himself free tickets and a jersey out of it too. But at the same time, for, for Jaw, it's, it's a little extreme. I, I agree. And I'm probably being a little soft on it because, as we've talked about many times, he's kind of like our fan crush in a lot of ways. But I think oh, what yeah. we said before, like, if Draymond did this, it would be the topic on every show for, like, a week. And he probably would have gotten fined. But the headline Jaw is would like... Read, the headline would read, Draymond hates kids. <laughs> hey... Josh should thank the kids because those seats were empty before the Warriors played them. <laughs> That's jacked. <laughs> That's just fact. See, look it up. I am actually surprised that you guys are so definitive that this is a dub. Because, like, I'm, I'm a little mixed here. I think that the fact that it was towards children makes it, you know, probably a dub. Or, sorry, a dud because it's directed at kids. But if he did that to like regular sized people, you know, that endears you to the city. Like if John ja Morant wanted to be a grizzly forever, like they're gonna remember that moment and be like, dude, Jaws a Jaws cold-blooded, dude. Like he doesn't care about anything. If Draymond did that, and Draymond did that to like let's say to some Lakers kids, I bet you JJ would sit there and be like, hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah Draymond. I would. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So that's why I also think it's a it's a dub, because like he has definitely instilled himself in the city of Memphis, and that probably took them to the top of that that ranking list, right? Like if they were thinking like, oh maybe I'm considering this person above this person, like Josh shot up there on the rankings. So that's what I think. It's a little mixed bag for me. Now I'm gonna go to our predictions here for upcoming games. We've been doing this for a few weeks now sammy is on tops with on top with predictions here he's 12 and 5 jj is 11 and 6 i'm 10 and 8 and john is 6 and 11 he has also sent a petition for a recount <laughs> <laughs> the first game is chicago at memphis jj who do you think's gonna win oh man i think I want to say Chicago could take out Memphis, but Chicago is going to come from a back-to-back -back against the Warriors, so I'm going to say Memphis. Memphis, okay. John? I am going to say, you know what I'm going to say. I can't go back now. Got to go with my man Caruso, <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> going with the Bulls. I am also going to go with Memphis. Sammy. I'm going to stick to what's worked here, taking the opposite of whoever John takes. I'm going to take Memphis. Oh my God. <laughs> this, is, I, this is my only chance. Thank you, guys. This is the only chance. 6-11. Pathetic. Philadelphia at Miami. You know, I'm going to go with the 76ers here. Sammy, who are you taking? I agree. 76ers are playing good ball right now. I go with them, too. John. Based on the first two picks, I'm just going to have to go with Miami, despite how <laughs> much lack of confidence I have in the pick. I hope hey that man, pick this, you this have in this offseason isn't lottery protected. 
top top three protected. JJ, who you got? Okay, don't do I it. I want I want to say Heat, but I got to do 76 ers Nice. There we go. There we go. This He's is my opportunity. Yeah, this is my opportunity. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. And you know what, boys? This is actually all we have for tonight's pod. Uh, JJ, thanks for being on, man. Thank you, listeners. We love you. John, thanks for being on. Thank you, guys. Later. And Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Thank you, as always. I appreciate it. And shout out to our video producer, RJ. And actually, Diagnosing the Lines. Come and check it out. Our new episode this weekend. We're talking about the NFL playoffs. Currently, Sammy is 2-0. So please check that out. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on Facebook group page, The Clinic All-NBA Podcast. And follow us on Twitter at Clinic All-NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All-NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.